Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Adiwumi. We are going through the Gospel of We go verse by verse and then I will stop and pause as the Lord leads and give comments. Chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they washed him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering, spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Now you wonder that is it, everything that Apostle, that Luke was recording was pointing to all the controversies they had against allergical, which is mostly surrounding the Sabbath. That you shouldn't be doing this on the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing that on the Sabbath. They are talking about he shouldn't be healing anybody on the Sabbath. That was why it is Sabbath day is talked about here. Sabbath day is talked about here in the other chapter. It was Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath is talked about here because those are all their controversies. And you wonder why the Jews were so com, com, concerned about their Sabbath. See? But the Lord in this place again, there is somebody that was in front of him. When, when, if, when you see somebody that needed healing, that's where you heal them also. Don't say, well, I can't do it today, come next time. We are not going to see this man because Lord Jesus Christ was going from city to city, from place. To place preaching. If you meet this man on the Sabbath day and you think, well, you can't heal him on that day, when are you going to heal him? You will not see him again. So that's why, not to talk of the fact that it is not wrong to heal on the Sabbath day. Christ was trying to make them to see that they were still adamant about their Sabbath, which is becoming the traditions of the, of the people. Verse 4. So they held their peace when Christ asked them, Is it lovely to heal on the Sabbath day? So they held their peace. And he took the man, took him and healed him and let him go. And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox falling into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Well, they couldn't answer that in verse 6. And they could not answer him again to these things. Because they all will do that. They will say, Well, the Sabbath day, just stay in that pit until tomorrow. No. They know the, the animal, the ox or ass will die there. So they quickly get him out and say they will not try spiders as they are walking. Verse 7. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidding when he marked out the shows out the chief rooms, says unto them. When thou art bidding of any man to a wedding, sit not thou in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidding of him. And he that bid thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place. And that begins with shame to take the lowest room. Now the Lord is teaching humility in this parable. He said he saw how the people that were invited to this dinner with him, the Pharisees are shaking the best seats. And he marked them, he's not going to tell them about this parable. Then the man cannot, that invited you may come and tell you that, no, leave this room, leave this seat for this big man, get out of there. And then you'll be ashamed also. Verse 10 says, But when thou art bidding, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee comment, he may say unto thee, O friend, go up higher. 
Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. Now they will see that, oh, this is a big man for him to be taken out of this low place and put in that high share. For whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. Amen. Verse 12. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. And when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, but thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. The Lord is teaching us some precepts here, that instead of giving to the rich, to the people, it's a gift to the poor, so to speak. So then they can't give you back, God will be the one to pay you. And the Bible gives another Bible in the book of Proverbs that he that giveth unto the poor, lendeth unto the Lord. And that's something we should all do. Verse 15. When one of them that sat at meat with him had these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. That man thought, wow, this is high, the standard is high here. Verse 16. Then said he to him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were beaten, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must need go and see it. I pray thee, ask me excuse. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, ask me excuse. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord distance. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in either the poor, and the maim, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and edges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidding shall taste of my supper. Now this parable that the Lord gave here, it's talking about the, the gospel being sent to the Gentiles. That's how we always interpret it. The gospel is being sent. He said he called some people, invited like the Jews, and when they didn't come, they started, at the time of the supper, they begin to give excuses. And they said, okay, well, go to the byways and edges, just compel everybody to come in, both the good and the bad. And they were, that's where the gospel was sent to the Gentiles, preached to the gospel. Please, the gospel just like that. The kingdom of God is here. Come on and be part of the bride of Christ. Verse, 30, verse 25. And there went great multitude with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now that is how the Lord put his point blank. It's like, a, this is a, it's a, carry your cross and follow after me, is what he say. Bear your own cross, it's like death sentence. I always preach that in my, in my sermon, Samuel, that the cross, in the days of Jesus Christ, the cross is what they crucified the criminals on. 
when they have been condemned to death, they carry a cross that they are being taken to the place where they are going to be crucified. And the, all the Jews knew about that. If they see a man carrying the cross, the cross they know that the soldiers are, have condemned the man, they are going to nail the man to the cross. So it's that Christ said that following him, preaching the gospel is like carrying your cross because it's the death sentence, so to speak. Why? Because we are coming against Satan that is ruling the world, the government of the world. And so when you are bringing the kingdom of God against them, Satan is not well pleased. Satan is going to persecute, attack by persecution. God allowed that persecution. There's nothing else about him, sort of. He allowed the persecution. So it's like carrying your cross. That's what they did to the Lord Jesus Christ. They crucified him on the tree, but he rose again. So all the apostles were killed, but they have their name in, in, the, in, the, in heaven. And they will be resurrected again. That is what Christ is saying. That it is like carrying your cross, but don't be afraid because. You're, you're following Christ. Verse 26 says, For which of you intend to build a tower, seated not down first, and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Now it's counting the cost of following Christ. It is life, it's a, it's a, it's a death sentence, but ready to die for him. That's what he said. And then you, 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 you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be acceptable by God. Verse 29 says, Let's apply after he has laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king, seated not down first, and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that comment against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an ambassage and desired conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Christ is saying that you've got to forsake all to follow him. And don't be afraid for your life. If you give up your life, Verse 34, salt is good, but if the salt have lost its savor, where we shall it be salted? Where we shall it be seasoned? It's neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dung here. Let men cast it out. He that has here to hear, let him hear. So the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ in this chapter is pointing to the fact that count the cost of being a disciple. It is life. You're giving your life for this thing. Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come with me. Because he said, I will raise them up at the last day. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him, is what the Bible says. If we suffer with him now, we shall reign with him when he shall come and resurrect the dead in Christ. We shall live again on this planet for 1,000 years first and then forever. And only the righteous shall live upon this planet. And that is what he's saying. It is, we count the cause that this is what I'm going shooting for. My life is no more dear to me. I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. What uh, uh, Esther the queen said when they, when he was she was being confronted that you better go tell for the king tell plead for our kids before the king I said well, they are not allowing us to go there but if you are afraid you are not ready to suffer for for us then somebody else will be will be will be raised by God then the woman said if I if I die I die if I perish I perish I'm going to go stand before the king if I perish I perish and she didn't perish but that's what Christ said give up your life for the kingdom of God. And the Lord is able to deliver you and protect you, and He will deliver. And it 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 boils to many things. Even giving up all these things that use it to protect yourself, like uh, people are defending themselves with voodoo in, in many parts of the world. When I was young, I was trying, I was doing the same thing. But when the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel came to me that you can't be going to church and thinking God is going to protect you and still be protecting yourself with voodoo. I decided and throw the voodoo away. 
and trusted the Lord. He says, Lord, if I die, I die. I'm going to follow you. And that was when I was 18, 19. And now I'm 70. So you see, the Lord protected and saved to save. And then the Lord will hold you and say, who then can kill this one? So if you he say, he that loses his life shall find it. He that tries to save his life by voodoo or by protection to this other, then you will lose it. Because then God will not be able to defend you. Think about that. God bless you. This is end of chapter 14. Shall continue in chapter 15. God bless you.